0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Grace Auburn Church podcast. In this week's sermon, Pastor Matt Dean concludes our sermon series, By Grace, For Glory, with his sermon titled, Grace Means We Can Live for the Glory of God Forever. It's great, great, great to be with you this morning. And um, I confess, I kind of lost it over there a moment ago, so I'm in recovery mode, and I'm good with that. But that heart cry. Hallelujah, Jesus reigns. I I think in the bedrock of our souls, that's what we all long to say and mean and know and trust in. And life happens and difficulty happens. And I think when we get sidetracked and distracted from the goodness of God and Jesus Christ, then we as people begin to struggle with perspective. And we begin to struggle with the notion of does God really love me? And as we enter into this final and fourth week of this series entitled By Grace for Glory, I just want you to hold those two things in your hand. By his grace, your heart is beating this morning. And for his glory, you are alive. And you may not understand that. You may not have stepped into that purpose. You may have taken that for granted. This may be the first time you've ever heard that, but it's still nevertheless true. You are alive by his grace. This earth is sustained by his grace. The air you are breathing is by his grace. And it's not just any grace. It's grace most fully expressed in the costly sacrifice of Jesus and what he did and what he's accomplished and what he is established and what he is forming among all peoples on the earth. And we get to be a part of that for his glory. And so for the past few weeks, we've been talking about this idea that the grace of God in Jesus Christ, means that we can know and love Jesus forever. And that, that's amazing. And as we settle into knowing and loving Jesus forever on earth and in eternity, we find ourselves in community, and we sometimes naively think that our community will be perfect, and it just isn't. It's just not. We hurt each other. We disappoint one another. We hurt ourselves. We disappoint ourselves. And when we huddle up in a room, whether it's this room or a smaller room, you just see the humanity on display of people like you and like me. And yet, to be an authentic gospel community means that we are rooted in relationship with Jesus. That's, that's just what it means. And the best community you will ever find is one that is rooted in Jesus. Because he's the common denominator of goodness throughout it all. And we talked about that because of that, that we lead every conversation with Jesus that we don't begin conversations with political persuasions or passions or possessions or pursuits, but we, we are a people that speaks of what Jesus has done, that that's our entry point into real, authentic conversation and community. And then last week, I, I just shared specifically that because we are convinced of grace and compelled by love, we carry the name of Jesus to our neighbors and to The nations. And I talked about that six in ten people here in this city that we live in have zero, zero, zero adherence to anyone named Jesus. And so we don't want to think that just because we live in the loveliest village on the plains, that every lovely villager knows Jesus, because it's just not true. And I also reminded us that there are more than 7,000 groups of people on earth that are urgently waiting to hear story of what Jesus has done. And so as a church, we want to be in a posture of what does it mean to be intentional here with our neighbors here? What does it mean to be generous so that we can send others there? What does it mean for us to fully step in to the mission of God, for the glory of God, to proclaim what Jesus has done through all the earth, beginning right here? And this morning, I want to come around to this idea that may be difficult initially to hear But in the end, you'll be really glad. And that is that grace means we are alive in Christ forever for the glory of God. Grace means that we are alive in Christ for the glory of God forever. And I want you to hear, for the glory of God forever. It's an amazing miracle that we are alive in Christ. And we've talked about that, and we'll continue to talk about that till till there's no more life on earth. But. But this morning, I want to turn it to for the glory of God forever. And uh, I I kind of began to understand this in my early 20s. And initially, upon hearing it, I was offended. I was offended um, because I thought the world was about me. I thought the universe was about me. I thought God revolved around me. And a short form of that's called idolatry. And God does not revolve around me, and he does not revolve around you. He loves you, and he loves me, and he gave his son Jesus so that you and me could know him forever. But God is not revolving around me and you. He always has been. He always will be. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is perfectly content in who he is. And God is about God and his glory. And out of the fullness of that, he created and redeemed and has established his kingdom built around the glory of God. And I want to show you this morning a great difference between a God-centered worldview and a man-centered worldview. And I just want to just walk you through scripture. There's no way on earth you'll keep up with me, so don't try. All I want you to experience this morning and hear this morning is the weight of the goodness of God's commitment to his glory. And then I will paint a picture for us that will remind us of what is before. So just listen and let it settle in on you. And if you want the notes from this, there's a book on the desk and you can take it home today and you can read at length ad nauseum about all of these things. But there is a great difference between the glory of God and the glory of man. The glory of God is the rightful exaltation of the only one infinitely exalted. And you're like, what, what? Huh? The glory of God, the greatness of God, the magnificence of God is the rightful exaltation exaltation of the only one worthy and the glory of man is everything else and if you read the bible and if you look at culture and you look at where we are and you look at the world the glory of man doesn't hold a candle to the blazing glory of god and all of the created things and the glorified things that men and women around the world celebrate and champion none of it none of it stands up to the greatness and glory of jesus And I want you as a Christ follower to be confident in the goodness and perfection of God. Because here's the thing. Nominal Christianity results in a nominal Christian response. A a small, inaccurate view of God and his mercy results in a small, inaccurate response in life. This shrunken down version of God that we want to control that's all about us revolves around then. If he doesn't do what I ask him to do, I'm walking away because I don't feel it anymore. And I'm just here to say that's not God at all. (laughs) He is great and glorious and eternal and he rises to show you and me compassion every day. And if you need to know what God is like, read the Gospels and look at Jesus, because it says he is the image of the invisible God. He is the exact representation of the DNA and glory of God. And if you have any questions about what God is like, Jesus has answered them for us. And the way that he loved and the way that he lived and the way that he conquered sin and death and the way that he is exalted at the right hand of God right now. So I want to just walk through some scripture for you this morning, and you don't have to keep up. But in Isaiah 43, it talks about that God created people for his glory. Ephesians 1, it says God chose people for his glory. In Isaiah 49, God called a group of people named Israel for his glory. In Psalm 106, it shows that God rescued Israel from Egypt in captivity for his glory. In Romans 9, they talk about that God raised up Pharaoh To show his power and glorify his name. In Ezekiel 20, it says that God spared Israel in the wilderness for the glory of his name. In 2 Samuel 7, it says that God gave Israel victory in Canaan for the glory of his name. In 2 Kings 19, God saves Jerusalem from attack for the glory of his name. In Ezekiel 36, God restores Israel from exile For the glory of his name. Jesus talks about this in John 17 that everything he does is to glorify the Father. In Matthew 5, Jesus tells his followers to do good works so that people outside the faith would see those good works and glorify his good name. In John 5, Jesus warned that not seeking God's glory, not seeking his greatness, not seeking his magnificence makes faith impossible. In John 14, Jesus said that he answers prayers that God would be glorified. In John 17, Jesus enters his final hours of suffering for the glory of God. Romans 3 talks about that God gave his son as a sacrifice to vindicate the glory of his good name. Isaiah 43, God forgives our sin for his name's sake. You are forgiven because his name is worthy, and he's forgiven you for his glory. Psalm 25, same thing. You are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven for the glory of his own sake. Romans 15, Jesus receives us into his fellowship for the glory of God. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, as we read in Scripture, is to glorify the Son of God, whose name is Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10, God tells us, instructs the church, do everything for what? For his glory. 1 Peter 4, God tells us to serve in a way that would glorify his name. Philippians 1, Jesus will fill us with the evidence, with the fruit of righteousness for his glory. Romans chapter 1, you heard it last week, all are under judgment for dishonoring God's glory. Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And Jesus is coming again, 2 Thessalonians, for the glory of God. John 17, Jesus' ultimate aim for us is that we see and enjoy his glory. Habakkuk 2.14, I love this. God's plan is to fill the earth with the knowledge of his glory. And as we fly over all of this scripture... That any one passage we could focus in on, Romans eleven thirty six, everything redounds, goes back to, points to his glory, for from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be the glory. The author, the author and pastor that compiled that list is John Piper, I don't take credit for that research. But I do want to credit him for helping me see the goodness and greatness of God's glory. And I do want to acknowledge what it means for us in humility to honor those who have gone before us in faith. But we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And he said this, and I've lived in this reality and I've experienced it to be true. God is most glorified in us. When we are most satisfied in Him, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. I'm gonna say it one more time God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Some of you truly have never considered the greatness of God, you've never been taught about the greatness of God, you've never heard about the greatness of God. And I want you to begin this journey of pursuing the greatness of God, because the greatness of God is the glory of God, and Jesus is the glory of God. Some of you have been so hurt that the idea of trusting God, truly trusting God, that his glory is your best, the idea of trusting him is a huge leap of faith, that you have been weighted down by some significant pain in your life. Some of you are so defeated by your own sinful humanity that the cravings of your flesh and fallen man or woman, it overcomes you and it overtakes you. And you're sitting in this room today looking beautiful and handsome, but on the inside, you're crushed by the weight of your struggle. And I just want to say to all of the above, welcome. And this week... keep hearing the brokenness of people i've gotten phone calls been in meetings heard confessions a lot of brokenness i've been on the other side of the phone or table of this week and i think about that and and i think about you this morning and i think about okay people you have got to be rooted in jesus and when life fails and when you fail or when someone fails you, what are you going to stand on? And what really, honestly, is going to satisfy your soul? Because anything less than God will not. Period. That's just the reality of it. And as we deal with broken people, as I deal with this broken person, as I reconcile, there, there's only one thing I can say to you today. And that is this, that God is trustworthy and true that he has given his very best for you, that you would experience his very best in him. And come what may, for good or for bad, in victory and in failure, in great heartache and disappointment, for all of the high moments in life and the deepest, deepest, darkest valleys of the shadow of death, the Lord your God is with you. And he is mighty to save. And if there is anything I can say to you today is if you have not acknowledged the greatness, of glory, of the greatness and glory of God in your life, would you please settle your soul on that idea? And as you experience the brokenness of people around you, even in your home, would you offer them the very best that God has offered? And that is Jesus. And don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and let him make the path straight. This morning, I want to um, turn in the Bible to Revelation 4, and some of you have heard me talk about this, and some of you have not, but if you have not, then you will today, and this is something I don't want you to hear. I mean, I don't want you to forget. I do want you to hear it, (laughs) but I don't want you to forget it, and the truth is you won't. John, the Apostle John, has given a vision of what is to be Revelation chapter 4, it's the last book in the Bible. You can turn there, and this is what he says. After I looked, and there before me was a door standing in heaven, and the voice I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place. Now, if you're new to this, this is Jesus speaking to John. It's in red letters, okay? So Jesus is revealing these things to John. Verse 2, At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. So John has been given this vision from Jesus, and this is what John sees. And this is what John writes to encourage the church. Before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian. These are stones with with luminescent colors. And so here is John, and he is is seeing what is to be. And he sees this throne with luminescent colors colors that are radiating from this throne and there's someone sitting on it and around that throne in verse three it says a rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne so i want you to picture this with me there there's a throne and someone's on it and it looks like jasper and carnelian this luminescent color spectrum and then around the throne was a rainbow that looked like an emerald i mean this is not dull this is bright and glorious and surrounding that throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. And so I just, want, I just want you to think this through. There was one huge throne surrounded by a rainbow with luminescent colors all around it. And then we're going to count this out today. 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, other thrones around the throne that was surrounded by a rainbow that looked like an emerald. And there was someone on that throne that had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. And on that throne, surrounded by those 24 other thrones, were 24 elders. And we begin to get a picture of what these guys looked like. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their head 24 crowns, 24 dressed in white elders sitting on 24 thrones around this throne that was surrounded by a rainbow that looked like an emerald. And from the throne, in the middle of the 24 thrones, came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. So there's this beautiful spectrum of color, and there is this loud, voluminous, thundering presence And there are 24 elders on 24 thrones dressed in white looking at this throne that is now booming with power. And before the throne, there were seven lamps blazing. Let's count that out just for perspective this morning. One throne, one rainbow encircling it with 24 thrones and 24 elders and seven lamps. These are going to be big lamps. Because 24 thrones are really big, and that big throne in the middle is really big. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven huge lamps blazing with 24 elders all looking in and all hearing this. And it says, These are the seven spirits of God. And it says, Before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. So here's this throne settled on a sea of glass clear as crystal, surrounded by a rainbow, surrounded by seven blazing lamps, surrounded by 24 thrones with 24 elders, in awe of the thunder and lightning that they hear. And in the center around the throne are four living creatures, four, we'll count them out, one, two, three, four living creatures with seven lamps blazing with 24 thrones and a big sea of glass, clear as crystal. And it says, in the center around this throne were four living creatures, and this is my favorite part, they were covered with eyes. Eyes, everywhere, eyes, covered with eyes, in front and in back. Now, just think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment of what it would look like to have four living creatures covered in eyes. And says the first living creature was like a lion, only a lion covered in eyes. And the second was like an ox, only an ox covered in eyes. And the third had a face like a man, but a face like a man covered in eyes. And the fourth was like a flying eagle, but covered in eyes. And here are these four living creatures covered in eyes. And I'm wondering if what's before them is so glorious and majestic that it was in God's kindness to cover them in eyes so they could behold the one who is worthy of an eternal gaze. And here are these living creatures covered in eyes and it just gets better each of the four living creatures had six wings we're going to count that out six of them and ready for this all covered with eyes six wings covered with eyes beholding the one on the throne that's surrounded by 24 thrones on a sea of glass clear as crystal with seven lamps blazing and elders looking in and there are four living creatures with six wings covered with eyes This is what they say. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They're covered in eyes. That's what they see. That's what they say. Covered in eyes. Verse 9, whenever, which they, they never stop saying, so the, the word whenever means, so they're always, okay, but Day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then it says, whenever the living creatures give glory, which is they never stop saying, they give honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. In verse 10, the 24 elders fall down before the one who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns down and they say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by by your will they were created and have their being. Now, I know I'm being redundant, and I'm not going to apologize for that. Just wrap your head around it. There is an amazing picture here that indicates the greatness of the one who's on the throne. And in God's wisdom, he has elders that never stop saying, as they put their crowns before him, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. And as they're shouting that in humility with their crowns before him, there are four living creatures covered in eyes with six wings saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And they're in a sea of glass, clear as crystal, with seven huge lamps blazing, and there is thunder and lightning peeling out. If you keep reading through Revelation 5, you can look at verse 6. It says, then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures covered in eyes with six wings and the elders dressed in whites with crown. And it says this lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. And each one had a harp. And they were holding golden bowls full of incense, ready for the next line, which are the prayers of the saints. And every prayer you pray, and every song of praise you sing, and every Jesus I need you, and every Jesus I love you, and every would you please, everything you've ever said, everything all of humanity has ever said in faith to the living God is in this bowl of incense before the throne, and what you pray matters, and because what it's there, and, and, and that should motivate us to say more, and to think more, and to adore more, and to exalt more, because somehow on a sea of glass, as clear as crystal, with thunder and lightning, and living creatures all around, every prayer you pray matters in the kingdom of God, and it's right there. And these living creatures behold the glory of God. And these bowls of incense of praise and adoration of God are right there. And listen to this they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Because, next line, because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people. And nation, and you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. But here's my favorite part it comes up next. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. I'm not real good at math, I was a history major, but that was a hundred million angels by my math. And every time you see an angel in the Bible, what is the first response of man? And what is the first response of an angel? Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news. So here is an army of angels, a hundred million do not be afraid strong. On a sea of glass, clear as crystal. And a hundred million Angels numbering thousands upon thousands encircled the throne. Now it's getting big. Now it's really getting big. A hundred million angels, they sang in a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And if it were not enough, with living creatures with six wings covered in eyes, beholding him saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Is it not enough that there are elders that say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, because you receive the glory and honor and praise. You created all things and by your will, they exist and have their being. If it's not enough to say you were slain and you're the only one worthy, there's a hundred million angels saying, worthy is the lamb. Everyone agrees, worthy is the lamb who was slain. And all of heaven is focused on worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Verse 13, and this blows my mind. I don't really know how to calculate this. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and glory and honor and power forever and ever. They're saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. All the while, these living creatures. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is, is to come. Verse 14, the living creatures said, Amen, let it be. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Turn to Revelation 7. Verse 9, after this I looked. And all the angels, I'm guessing around 100 million, and all the elders, they count out at 24, and the four living creatures with six wings covered in eyes, they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, amen. Let it be so. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That's what I want you to hear today. I don't understand all of it. I don't understand all of the book of Revelation, but I understand what I read. I understand what I see. And I know one day you're going to see that. And I am too. And I know we're going to be living in a new place, in a new heaven, and a new earth. And I know there's no sorrow, no sickness, no sadness. I know there's no sin. And there's also no sun because the glory of God lights the way and when you settle into this idea of you were made for forever then no matter hard it is how hard it is of what you hear or experience on earth i want your faith to be rooted in jesus and i want you to be okay with the fact that all of heaven screams the glory of god and you will not be dissatisfied and you will not be bored and you will not feel less than. And even if all of heaven is one eternal forever to him who sits on the throne, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. In all of eternity, you will not run out of enjoyment of him. For that well will never run dry. You were made for the glory of God, so live like it. You were made for the glory of God, so when you hear difficult things, reconcile it to eternity. And when you are given opportunity to speak of Jesus, here's the thing. Your name is to be written in the Lamb's book of life. And so it really does matter on earth who you put your trust and faith in. And it really does matter what it is that you find your hope in, and if it's anything less or anyone less than Jesus you will not see what I just said. And so that should humble us and it should draw us to be convinced of grace and compelled by love. And when we consider that, then our messy Christian community is not so messy after all. And the privilege of knowing and loving Jesus is awesome and it begins today because it lasts forever. And I want you to hear that today. And I want you to be encouraged in your soul that the glory of God is your very best option. Will you pray with me? We're so glad you listened to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. There's so much happening in the life of our church, and we could not be more excited about all that God is doing. For more information about ways that you can connect within the life of our church, go to our website, www.graceauburn.church